Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So we're talking about prayer in this series, all right? And the series, we've titled it Pray First, all right? And I've simplified prayer, which there's hundreds and hundreds of books on prayers. You could probably go into Google and find thousands of quotes on prayers. And I've just broken it down to the simple phrase, prayer is a conversation between you and God. Prayer is a conversation between you and God, the same way that you would sit down to have a conversation with a friend, all right? Now, today is the third installment of the series of Pray First. Maybe you're just catching up, getting back from vacation, or maybe it's your first time here, like, man, I would like to hear the other two. You could actually go to our YouTube channel, Numa Church Miami, all right, and you could watch the other two teachings there. They're great. All right, and not because I taught them. I mean, they're great because I taught them, but they're great also, all right, because, man, the tools that we're giving there are awesome, all right? They're also on podcasts, on Spotify, all these digital platforms. The other day, they gave me a name of a digital platform. I'm like, well, what do you eat that with? And I go, no, you actually listen to stuff on that. And I'm like, what? You know, so anyways, all digital platforms, we're using all that, all right, to get the word out and so that you guys uh, could have today's message, all right? I've titled it, Praying Through the Difficult Circumstances. Praying Through the Difficult Circumstances. And it all has to do with what we're doing in the 21 days and giving hope and trusting God in the midst of all this. Because we all go through difficult circumstances in this world. From 2020 to now, I think we all know, okay, somebody that has either passed away in our family or from a close friend, or a neighbor, or a co-worker, people that have been sick to the point of death, maybe with COVID, other complications, other things that have gone on, families that have gone through divorce because of the pressure and the things that are going on. Difficult circumstances, guys, are a part of life. Now, I believe that there are seasons where those difficult circumstances sort of like, they, they, they take like, they become stronger. There's more than usual. And then there's times where things sort of like calm down. I think that we're like at a peak right now of difficult circumstances. You know, everything you hear, you know, this person's going through this, this person's going through that. And, and there's all these moments. And Jesus told us in the Bible that in this world we would find or we would have what? You will have trouble, he said that. In this world, you're going to have trouble. What was Jesus warning us? Hey, listen, it's not going to be, you know, like a a walk in a field of daisies. No, there's going to be difficulties in this world. Now, these difficult circumstances, I want to let you know, you're not exempt from them. Okay? They come to all of us. All right? Now, I want you to understand something. They're seasonal. I want you to understand difficult circumstances are seasonal. It should be a season. If you constantly live on a difficult circumstances, God needs to do something there because that's not the pattern. That's not the norm. Okay? The norm is that we go through seasons, and that to me brings me great hope. Why? Because a season has a beginning, and a season has what, guys? Has an end. All right? What are we ending right now? We're ending the summer season, even though in Miami it looks like it's always summer. All right? But we're actually ending the summer season. 
And we're going to go into what? Into fall. Some of you guys, I know that you guys love the fall, and you guys, man, I'm going to drive up to North Carolina. I'm going to drive up to, you know, Kentucky. I want to look at the leaves turning brown, because over there, you see the seasons very well marked. Here in Miami, it just looks the same all the time. And it rains all the time, you know. It could be Christmas and it's raining. It's like, what in the world's going on, you know? But seasons have a beginning and have what, church? They have an end, all right? And one of the things that happens when we go through difficult circumstances is that usually we go into do mode instead of pray mode. And God wants to show us in the series that what we should do first is what? Is to pray. Yesterday, Milton called me that he was going through a situation with a family member that they had to rush to the hospital. He's okay now. And, and, he, and, and he told me, you know what the first thing that I did in the car when they called me? I, I told them, let's pray. Usually when something like that's happening, your first reaction is not to pray. Your first reaction is like, you know what? We got to go there. We got to sell the house. We got to move out of the town. We got to get a divorce. We got to do this. We got to do that. And God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop doing all that stuff. How about you pray? How about you let me get involved in the situation that's going on? Because what you're going through right now, it's going to overwhelm you. But if you let me, I will be with you in the midst of that. So what do we do, church? Say with me. We pray first. Say with me. We pray first. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to do what? To pray first. What do we do when the difficult circumstances come? And how do we pray through these difficult circumstances? I want us to go to Psalm 9, verse 9 through 10. The funny thing, all these teachings that I've been giving you all these weeks are coming from my morning prayer times, from my morning devotionals. I've been reading two, three psalms a day, one proverb a day. Your psalms help you in your relationship with God. Your proverbs helps you with the relationship with people, all right? And uh, proverbs says a lot of stuff about the fool, you know. Maybe we meet a lot of fools during the day. But anyways, that's not today's preaching, you know. Talking about Psalm <laughs> chapter 9, verse 9 through 10. Look, look what it says. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O oh Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. This is the prayer of those that search for him. Those that, that, that want to find them. This is, is, this is their prayer. What do those that search for God know about him? That helps them when they're going through these difficult moments. And there's three things that stand out to me from this scripture. Three things that you need to know about God that will help you through these difficult circumstances. That's, my, that's, what, I, that what, that's what we're going to look at this morning. Okay, Three things that, we're gonna, that we need to know about God. That will help us pray through the difficult circumstances. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. You guys at home, I'm going to encourage you to write these things down. Have your little journal for church, you know. Number one, knowing that the Lord is your only place of shelter. All right? And that word only is on purpose that I put it there. Okay, know that the Lord is your only 
place of shelter. Look how the verse says, the Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. You know, nowadays, you know, we have so many things in which we'll go and seek for refuge in. We'll go into, into different things, trying to find shelter from, from the problems and the situations of the world. For example, my dad, when he didn't know the Lord, you know, uh, before I was 18, he would seek refuge in alcohol. He would just drink beer. He would get home from work and start drinking and drink. And I've told the church, this sounds crazy, but, but from about 5.30 to 6, till he would go to bed, he would drink four six-packs of Heineken or Beck's daily. All right. What was he trying to do? He was trying to numb the pain and deal with the hurt and the stuff that was going on in here. That was his shelter. That's what he would go to. And other people will go into drugs or they would go into pornography or they would go, you know, maybe not things that are that. Maybe television is your shelter. I'm just going to watch it. You know, a hundred shows, you know, of, you know, beat Bobby Flay or something like that. I'm just going to sit here and forget about the world and just, you know, numb myself. Or maybe it's eating. Maybe the way that you numb and you deal with difficult circumstances by eating yourself out of it. You're going to eat yourself into another difficult situation, you know, and into another difficult problem. Maybe it's by sleeping. You know what? I'm just going to shut the world and you take sleeping pills and you just want to go to sleep and that's your way of dealing with the storms of life when they come but i'm going to tell you none of these things are going to make the storm go away none of these things are going to make the storm just leave no it's going to be there all right and when you're going through difficult circumstances when you're in the midst of the storm and going through it the only one that could offer you a real safe place and a refuge is the lord no one else. Nothing else. In 2014, I lived the most difficult season of my life. When you, when you come and ask me, Pastor Chris, what's been the hardest season in your life? Immediately, my mind goes to 2014. 2014, it was like, I don't know if you ever saw that movie called The Perfect Storm. You know, there was like certain things that all of a sudden they just, you know, fix themselves up at the same time. You know, and have you ever heard that saying, when it rains, it pours? You know, it was one of those seasons, you know. It's like, uh, Lord, can I catch a break? You know, it's like one after the other after the other. And my dad got sick with cancer, and uh, we were losing the church building. Praise God for the news that I just told you. Uh, the relationship with my previous pastor was going to the pits. Everything was going wrong at the same time. And I was sleeping at the hospital because when my dad got, uh, when, when they gave him a room, I told my wife, listen, he only has a month to live. I want to spend these, this last time with him. And I remember there one night in that room saying, Lord, I don't know if I could continue taking this. This is so heavy right now. I felt like the, world, the weight of the world was on my shoulders at that moment. And I knew that my dad was going to pass and that my mom was going to stay by herself and that my dad is having a conversation with me saying, please take care of her because your sister's not going to do it and bring her into your house. And in my mind, it's like, okay, where in the world am I going to fit my mom? And then the people of the house where we're renting decide to sell at that moment and say, okay, you need to move. I'm like, 
The day after my dad passed away, I'm signing a contract to move into a new place. It was crazy, all at the same time, the perfect storm. And that night that I was there, I was talking to the Lord. I was saying, Lord, please show up in the middle of this because only in you, only in you can I find a safe place. Only in you can I find refuge. Only in you. You see, the word refuge in the scripture, in the Bible, look what it means. A place of protection, a stronghold, a high place, and an accessible place. And that to me was, was very, very, very interesting because God wants to take you to a higher place. God wants to take you to an inaccessible place where the storms of life cannot reach you. Where they can't touch your soul. Please don't misunderstand me. What I, when I mean that they can't reach you, it doesn't mean that you won't go through the storm. But what I mean is that they won't affect your soul. He wants to put your soul in a place that is so high that the storm is down here and your soul is up here. And you can say, it is well with my soul in the midst of this. Oh, you can put your hands together for the Lord. How do I know that? Look at Psalm 61, 1 through 3. Look what King David said. A guy that had a, I think he had a summa cum laude in uh, affliction and difficult circumstance. <laughs> you know, and King David says, oh God. Listen to my cry. What is he doing? He's crying to God. Hear my prayer. We're in 21 days of prayer. This is his prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you. He felt he was in the furthest place away from God. I'm in the ends of the earth. I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, or lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's another uh, translation. For you are my safe refuge. Listen to this. A fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. So he wants to put you in such a high place, in a fortress where your enemy can't reach you there. Because he put you here. Like he scoops you up and says, you know what? I'm going to place you here in the midst of the storm. Isn't that amazing? That's what God wants to do. He is your only place of shelter. You need to know that if you're going to pray through the difficult circumstances. The second thing that we need to know about God that will help you during the difficult circumstances and to pray is know that God is trustworthy. Know that God is is trustworthy. The scripture, going back to Psalm, the one that we were reading, it says, those that know your name, trust in you. Those that know your name, trust in you. Guys, trust needs to be earned or proven. How many of you guys know that? You just, you don't just get, you know, you just don't trust anybody. You trust those people that you know. You know their character. You know what they're about. Uh, the parents that are here, all right, you just don't leave your kids, okay, in so-and-so's house. And like, you know, I'm just going to let them spend, you know, the day and maybe, can I sleep over? Sure, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's not like that. <laughs> uh, who are the parents? What do they do? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be around? What are you guys going to be doing? What? Because you need to be able to trust in order to do what? In order to let go. You need to trust. In order to do what? In order to let go. Until you don't trust in the Lord, you're not going to let go. You're going to hold on. 
Because you think it's better off in your hands than in his hands. And the Lord's saying, come on, those that know me, those that know me, trust in my name. Those that know me, trust in my name. It has to do with a reputation. Trust has to do with a reputation that needs to be earned with a name that could be trusted. Haven't you seen those commercials or those uh, promotions? Such and such, the name that could be trusted. So when you see that, it's like, all right, I could buy this brand because this is the brand that could be trusted, you know? And, and you think of companies, you know, and brands that, that use that. For example, one that comes to mind is Disney. You know, Disney's a company. You hear the word Disney, like, all right, I can trust. These guys know how to do business and how to do entertainment and how to do vacations and how to do all this stuff. And I have a testimony on that. Because I remember that my wife and I, when we got married, you know, part of our, our honeymoon, all right, first we went off to the Pocono Mountains and the other part of the honeymoon, my wife was going to walk out and all of a sudden she walked back in again. You want to hear this part of the story, right, babe? So we went to Orlando. And I remember we're driving by, and all of a sudden we see a sign, buy tickets to, you know, Disney and that for like two tickets for like $69. We're like, man, that sounds like a bargain. You know, when you're honeymooning, you're trying to like squeeze the money from here and there because, you know, you want to be able to have an air. And, and I walk in and like, listen, you could get these tickets. All you need to do is you got to go to this presentation for an hour and a half. You guys know where this is going, right? So my wife and I are rookies at this. We just got married. They're like, what presentation? Me and her are like, what, one hour and a half for two tickets? This, that. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. And we go there, and it's one of these timeshare presentations. <laughs> so when, when I started, oh, by the way, the promotion said free breakfast also. I'm like, look, we're going to get the tickets, get free breakfast. All we got to do is sit there for an hour and a half. So we did that. All right. We went. And all of a sudden, they give us the whole presentation of the timeshare. And I told my wife, babe, we're saying no. All we want to do is get the tickets and get out of here. You know, we're saying no. And all of a sudden, when I tell the guy no, he's like, oh, no, don't worry. Then another guy comes in, which is that dude's supervisor. You guys know how it is. And then that guy tries to do a little bit more convincing. And then when you tell him no, he leaves. And then, like, another guy. And then they put a video with the president of the club, you know. And he's like, how do I get rid of these guys? Like a bad tick, you know what I'm saying? How do I get rid of them? Okay, and the pulpit is going down. You know what I ended up doing? Guess what I ended up doing? I ended up getting into that dumb contract, you know. And we're there in the park. I'm like, babe, how much are these tickets turning out to be now in the long run? He's like... How much are we going to pay for this? And you know what we wanted to do? We wanted to get out of that as soon as possible. And thanks God, we did. We got rid of that one. We got out of it, you know, as soon as possible. But one day we're in Magic Kingdom. And we're walking around Main Street. And all of a sudden we see a sign that says DVC, Disney Vacation Club. And we're walking around like, hmm, I wonder what that is. And they were going to do like a showing like at 12. And I told my wife, let's just walk and listen, let's read about this. And when I read, they're talking about their vacation package and everything that they do and the way that it works and stuff like that. And instead of having some crazy salesman, like, pull me into the room, you know, I personally, with my wife holding hands, all right, we decided to both walk into the room and hear more about it. They gave the whole presentation of how their vacation club works. 
And after that, it was all of us like in a theater room. And they go, okay, guys, everybody, enjoy your day in the park. You're dismissed. And I'm, I told her, okay, here comes a crazy salesman. Here they come. You know, there's probably like 40 of them standing outside these doors right now. You guys are laughing because you guys have been caught in the same stuff too, you know. And all of a sudden, the doors open. No crazy salesman. And no one was there. It's like, hmm, like, what in the world's going on here? So I go talk to the guy that gave the presentation. Hey, listen, can you explain to me a little bit more? You know, I have a question about this, this, and that. Long story short, I ended up getting into the Disney Vacation Club myself. Now, I've had that, all right, listen to this, since 2007. I'm going to tell you that after my tithes and offering, that's the best money that I pay because I've used it so much with my kids. Because we stay in all the resorts of Orlando. It's like, Pastor, how much money you got? No, I pay that vacation club thing, man. And I stay in Contemporary Resort, Animal Kingdom, you know, uh, all those things. And, you know, about five years ago with my tax money, I just decided to pay it off. So now I don't pay anything. And I took Milton and Marta to it. I'm like, guys, you got to check this out, you know. And then they walked in there, and then they're trying to see how they get into it and stuff. Because why? Because when something is trustworthy, it works. It's a name that could be trusted. And the Lord is telling you and me today that He is the brand. He is the name. He is the person that could be trusted in the midst of the circumstance, in the midst of the trouble. It is Him. His name. His name. And the question that I have for you this morning is, do you know his name so that you could trust him? Do you know his name? For example, if you're this, watching here today or you're there online and you're sick, oh, you need to know his name. His name is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Or you need to know that name. If you have no job and your finances are going down the drain right now, you need to know his name. His name is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You need to start knowing what is his name. If you're in the middle of a battle right now and you don't even see the end of that storm, let me tell you something. He's the God that holds victory because his name is Jehovah Nisi. He is your victory. If you're in a season in your life where there's no peace, your peace has just gone away, oh, you need to know that his name is Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace. And I could just go on and on and on. The important thing is that you know His name so that you could put your trust in Him. And if today you're watching and you're here and you feel lost and you feel far away from God and you feel empty inside, you need to know His name. His name is Jesus. And He's our Savior. And He's the one that connected us to the Father. So that we can be loved and walk according to the purpose that God has for our life. And, and in just a few minutes, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. To put your trust in Him. And I guarantee you, I've never known anybody that has put their trust in Jesus that will look and say, you know what? I regret that I did that. Because once you meet Him, man, your life will change forever. He's so amazing. He's like that. So do you trust in the name of the Lord? even in the midst of the difficult circumstances. If you do, you won't stop praying. When you're in the middle of the storm, you'll say, Lord, I'm going to keep praying because you're going to hear me and you're going to pull me out of this situation. You won't lose heart. And the third point, 
for you to continue to pray in the midst of the difficult circumstances, know that God is with you in the midst of the storm. You need to know that God is with you in the midst of the storm. The end of that psalm, Psalm 9, it says, For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. You don't abandon them. How many of you guys, when you're doing something and it just gets too burdensome, tired, you just leave it halfway. You just decide to quit. That is too hard. I remember my wife in the middle of COVID, she decided to build those 2,000-piece puzzles. Man, I have trouble with a 25-piece puzzle. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather sit down and play some FIFA or something like that, you know. But and one day she got up, you know, and she started building one that was like 3,000 pieces. I'm like, oh, you're adding on to this, you know. And then I would pass by. This is during COVID, all right. I passed by, and she's like, you want to help me? I'm like, no, thank you. You know, and I kept going. <laughs> And one night, you want to help me? No, thank you. And then one night, she just told me, you want to help me? And I'm like, all right, I'll sit down here. And I start looking for the puzzle piece. You know how it is. You start looking for the edges and stuff like that to start to, like, put it together. And then those that know me know that once I start something, oh, I'm not going to quit. So I started at it. And then the next morning, I'm the morning person. I would wake up for breakfast. And I'm like, here's this puzzle staring at me. There's still, like, a thousand pieces. Let me sit down and try to figure this thing out, man. Uh, my wife will wake up and like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm building a puzzle. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden now, one, I have this no quit attitude. Let's go at it. That's the way that I'm built. Let me tell you something. That is God with you. He will not quit on you. He will not leave you halfway. If you're one of those people that likes to say, you know what? I just throw this to the side. God's not going to throw you off to the side. He is there with you in the thick of the battle. I'm going to say it again for you, O oh Lord. Do not abandon those that search for you. And I want to close with the story because there's a moment in the life of the Apostle Paul where he's just having it. He's getting whacked from every side. He goes to Jerusalem. The Jews start persecuting him. Then all of a sudden, a mob of like 40 Jews that were like mercenaries, they're paid to go ahead and kill them. And things just start to look so bad, so bad for Paul. You know, the Romans, you know, they take him into, into their custody. And a riot breaks out that the Roman guard says, you know what, we need to get, put this guy in the barracks. They're going to tear him to pieces. Uh, and, and just one day, everything went like dark for Paul. And in the middle of that whole situation, I'm in Acts 23. I'm going to read verse 10 and 11. Please take this to heart, church, today. Please take this to heart. This says, the dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. So he ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. Now pay attention to this part. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. You know that in the midst of everything that he was going through, there must have been so much spiritual darkness, 
so much oppression, all the accusation. I'm sure that he must have felt discouraged and frustrated. These are his people. These are the Jewish people. And the Bible says that Jesus physically came and stood near Paul. You imagine that? Now, how did it happen? I don't know. I don't know if for a moment Jesus just left the throne and told the Father, Father, I'm going to go take care of my boy Paul because he's really discouraged right now. And I need this guy. This guy's going to turn the world upside down, so I'm going to go and stand by him in this moment. And the Bible says that Jesus that night stood near Paul. It wasn't a dream. It doesn't say he had a vision of Jesus. Jesus stood near Paul. You see, how many times have we asked God to get us out of the circumstance, get us out of the storm, get us out of the problem. And Jesus wants to meet you inside of it, inside of the storm, inside of the problem, inside of the tribulation. Jesus just wants to say, you know what? Don't worry. I'm standing here with you. I'm here beside you. I haven't left you alone. So this morning, if you're here and maybe you're feeling alone, and you're going through the difficult circumstance to the point that your prayer has been drowned out. I want to let you know something. The Lord is there with you. He is your place of refuge, your only place of refuge. The Lord, okay, he is trustworthy. And the Lord will not leave you in the storm by yourself. He will stand right there next to you. I want you to close your eyes real quick right there where you're at. And this very simple question, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message? What are you speaking to me through this message? And let the Holy Spirit just take a moment right now and let that sink into your heart. Let him speak to you. All of you guys in this room, everybody that is watching, are facing different things, he's going to personalize it right now for you.
this morning, if you're here in this place, or for those of you guys that are watching at home, that you're going through a difficult circumstance right now, and you feel that your prayer has been drawn out, and you just want to say, Lord, I want to know that you're standing by me in the midst of this and that I'm not alone. I want you to stand to your feet if that's you. If you need that extra assurance today from Jesus that he's just standing by you. And I know that this is not one that is for everybody, but just those that are going through that storm right now and need that assurance in their heart, just stand up. And if you're home, if you could stand right there where you're at for a moment, I want to pray for you. Father, I want to thank you right now for those people that are standing on their feet right now, Lord God, whether here, whether at home. And Father, they're going through it right now. They're going through the storm. They're going through that circumstance. And they're crying out to you this morning, Lord, from this place. And Jesus, I pray that you make yourself evident to them, Lord. That you, Lord, will stand by them the same way that you stood by Paul when he was going through his difficult moment. Lord, that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that you are there. That they could put their trust in you. That they could find in you that place of refuge, that place, Lord, where you're lifting them up, Lord, and putting them in a high place so that the enemy cannot touch them, Lord God. I pray right now that their hearts will be comforted by your Holy Spirit. And whatever it is, Lord God, sickness, monetary problem, family issues, Lord God, whatever it is, Lord God, I declare, Lord, that we trust in your name because your name is the one that can be trusted on, Lord. I bless them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Now, eyes closed, head bowed. If anybody here this morning has never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. I just said that his name is Jesus. And the name Jesus means he saves. He saves you from sin. He saves you from the trouble. He saves you from the separation from God and brings you to a place where you can be called a son or daughter of God. And the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you. And the day that it's time for you to go from this world, you'll be with God forever. And if you are here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I know that there's people watching online. All right. And those that want to make that decision that are here in this room, I want you to raise your hand. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you're watching at home, just hold on. I'm going to do that prayer in a second. But those that are here, anybody here that has never invited Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Anybody here? All right. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, we're going to pray. And if you're watching, it could be a recording, you might be watching live, and you want to invite Christ into your heart, right there where you're at, repeat these words with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for coming here to earth to live a perfect life and to die for me on the cross to give me eternal life. Today, I receive that gift of eternal life. I declare, Jesus, that you resurrected on the third day and that now you're giving me the opportunity 
to become a son or daughter of God. And I grab onto that. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me from this moment on to live for the purposes that you have for my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Right, church, let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. Amen. He is the name that could be trusted. Amen. Uh, if anybody watching online made that prayer for the first time, and maybe you're here and you just didn't want to raise your hand because it might have felt a little awkward or something like that, let us know. Let us know that you made that decision online. You're going to find the link to the Connect card. You could press on that link and fill out that virtual Connect card with your information. If you're here, the Connect card is in the seat in front of you. You could put your information and put it in the back at the end. Or you could come now to the welcome lounge and say, Pastor, you know what? I, I made that prayer. I made that prayer that you just led us to. Uh, where do I go from here? And, and we'll help you with that. All right? So uh, that being said, uh, something that I want to do uh, before uh, we close this morning, a couple of announcements. Number one, we got step three of our growth track today. Uh, something very important about growth track. I don't want you to do growth track. I want you to go through growth track. Two different things. Doing growth track is like if something finished, going through growth track is guiding you somewhere. All right? And growth track will help you towards the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. It's designed for that, to help you discover your gifting, your leadership. All right? So now at 12 o'clock is in the building next door. If you already started, step one, two, today's step three. Maybe you haven't done step three. Go to step three. Uh, you haven't started yet. Start with step three, and then you figure it out, the whole thing, you know? Do your growth check. It's very important. We're going to be launching uh, soon our small groups for the fall semester already. All right. On August 22nd, we're going to have our small groups fair in this place. All right. So start thinking about small groups. Start thinking about the importance of community, of building relationships with other people. Okay. Numa, uh, that is one of our key things. It's our small groups, relationships. All right. So very important. And last but not least, I want to pray for all those students that are going to be starting school tomorrow. All right. So if you're a student that is starting school tomorrow, just stand and I'm going to pray for you. As we go, all right, actually, church, let's just all stand, all right? Because the student's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to stand by myself. No, let's all stand, <laughs> you know, and I'll just go ahead and pray. And by the way, if anybody needs prayer, now at the end, there's going to be people here up in the front, all right, to pray with you if you're going through anything, all right? So, Father, I want to thank you today for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that we could pray to you in the midst of the storm and know that you are there. You don't leave us. You don't abandon us. You put us on a safe place. You put us on a high place, Lord God. And I believe that that's what you're doing with each of our lives, Lord. So thank you for speaking hope and life into us today. And right now, Lord, I want to pray for all those students, Lord God, that are here today, that tomorrow will be their first day of school. I pray that you would be with them, Lord God, that you would help them in this school year, Lord God. Let them stand out in their school, Lord. I declare that you give them wisdom and understanding, Lord God. I declare, Lord God, that they're going to be the best students in their class, Lord God. And I declare supernatural protection around them. Your angels, Lord God, surrounding them, Lord, all the days of their life, Lord. So I bless Numa Church, everybody here today. And they're going out and they're coming in, Lord God. Let them be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. And we all say amen.
and amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.